everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, and today I'm joined by Jess Brandler, the founder of J Brand Beauty. Today we're going to talk about Jess's story and how she's rebuilt her business a couple different times due to a location change. She has a pretty interesting story. It's not one you hear all the time, so I hope you guys get a lot out of this episode. Go ahead and tag Lash Boss Radio and J Brand Beauty on Instagram if you're listening today. And without further ado, here's episode 25. Okay, Jess, just to kind of get started, how did you get involved with the lash industry and what was going on in your life around that time? So I kind of got into the lash industry, not really intentionally. I kind of just didn't know what direction to take my life. So I had been bartending and kind of just needed a new direction in life. I had grown up in the same town, always lived there in California and kind of just wanted to change. So I decided to take my service industry experience and move to Vegas. And in Vegas, I started um, doing bottle service at the nightclubs and the day clubs. And then actually had been doing that for about a year or so when I just felt like I needed more. I just, you know, I hadn't had any education under my belt or anything. And I just felt like I have to do something with my life. I just felt like I needed something a little bit more meaningful, something more substantial, something I could do Mm long-term. So I decided to move back home. I moved to um, Orange County and I was thinking of all the things that I could do. I actually did like a trial at a court reporting program. And I actually loved that, but I was surprised that it was like a three-year program, which I felt like was ridiculous since I I felt like mm-hmm. I was on a time crunch. I felt like I needed to get something done quickly so that I can feel better about myself that I've, you know, finally done something. So from there, I looked into the esthetician program and I knew that was something that was kind of faster and affordable. So I figured, of course, it'll be something I'll like. I'm into aesthetics and, you know, makeup and all those things. So I figured I'll just do that. I'll have that under my belt. And then I'll, you know, go to school for nursing or something else. So I started the program. It was going to be a three-month program. And it was fun. I liked it. I liked doing facials and caring for patients that would come into the school. It wasn't really until we started doing waxing that I was like, okay, now I might be onto something. They started teaching us how to do brows. And I just sat there thinking like, no, this is not right. I know how to do brows. For some reason, I had been doing my own brows and my friend's brows for years. So Mm -hmm. I just felt like, I think this is my thing. I started doing it. And next thing you know, I was doing everybody in class. I was doing the whole school. I was being taken out of class to take clients, just brows 24-7, like not even doing facials anymore. And I was like, this is my thing. I, I can't believe I've never thought of this, but this is absolutely my thing. But can you really make a career out of just doing brows? Probably mm-hmm. if you really worked hard enough at it, but I, I wanted something more. I wanted to make sure I was yeah. super busy making really good money. So that's when I started hearing about lash extensions. So I had a friend in class mm-hmm. that at this time in California, they had just changed the law to where you needed to be licensed to do lashes. So I had a friend in class who had been doing lashes forever and was only going to school just so that she can get that license and continue working. So she started telling me about lash extensions and I was like, I, I'm going to kill it. Like I've never been so confident about something, but I was like, just watch. Like I have a feeling I'm going to be really good at this. I had been wearing strip lashes like 
stacked on top of each other for like 10 years straight. I knew every kind of lash there was, all the different styles, you know, what fit my eyes, what fit my friend's eyes. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I know that I can do this. It's detail oriented. It's beauty. It's related to brows in the way that they could pair perfectly together right. as a service. So I was like, that's going to be my thing. I'm going to try that too. So she started teaching me lashes in school, started practicing with that, got out, started taking clients. I was doing probably about 20% brows, 80% lashes and mm-hmm. fell in love like obsessed with lashes 24 seven. I can remember like closing my eyes and seeing lashes on the back of my eyelids. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That was all I thought about. I YouTubed all up into the night, just taught myself everything there was to know, tried new things, just never stopped once I got started. It was crazy. Yeah. So a few points like I want to touch on. So first the stacking of your strip lashes, <laughs> I feel like, Okay, so I also used to work in, like, the bar industry, and I feel like the girls that I worked with, like, all had really, like, crazy lashes, and, like, we would go and get clusters done at nail salons. This was, like, many years ago, like, 10 years ago, and I still, like, I had, like, that was, like, all I knew with lash extensions. Do you feel like you had that sort of taste because of that industry, or? Yes, it was horrible. Yeah. Well, first of all, yes, I did go to a nail salon and get this was, this was probably before, this was even before I moved to Vegas. I went to the, my nail salon and she was talking about doing the lashes. And I, like I said, I've been wearing strips like nonstop. They were like attached to my body at this point. And so she, when I heard that they would last longer, I can't remember how long she said, probably like a year, the way they, you know, were like super glued onto my face. But I was like, oh my God, yes, sign me up. So she takes me back there. And I know this now. They were clusters, and it was some kind of pot of black tar, mm-hmm. and I loved them, like, so yeah, much. Me too. Like, I remember swimming with my friends and being like, you guys have no idea how much better these are, like, totally backing it 100%. I even wrote this huge, long Yelp review about how great they are and, like, how dare anyone say they aren't <laughs> for 20 bucks, like, you can't get better than this. Which I had to go back like a couple of years later after learning lash extensions and delete that because like now I can't be known yeah. for having that out there, you know. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I was like, it was the worst. My experience of lashes was not good because they were stripped, you know, they were like hanging off at the corners. They were triple stacked yes. because one's not enough and then two's not enough. Yes. But I've studied them in that way, you know, like the mm-hmm. good and the bad and what works and what doesn't. So yeah, it helped me a lot. So basically my point is that like, you know, I myself was even going to nail salons and getting clusters. And then even when I, when I was first getting like classic extensions, I used to want really, really long and like, I didn't really care about the shape. I just wanted long. And then, you know, the more I like educated myself, like my taste started to change. And I wanted to ask you like, because obviously your ch- your taste has changed too. So in Vegas especially, I know you don't live there anymore, but did you find that you had to bring in a lot of clients or just kind of like take down their expectations or educate them a lot out there? Because I can imagine like that clientele being maybe a little bit different than say someone in like a small town or something, you know? Yeah, California even. 
Yeah. It, so actually what I did was since I had lived in Vegas and I really loved my life out there, I have a ton of friends there. After school, I just wasn't prepared to go back to like hometown living, you know, like I, I still needed a little bit more excitement in my life at that time. Mm-hmm. So I finished the program. I was lashing. I was doing pretty well. I was at a salon and everything, but I wanted to move back to Vegas. So I actually started doing half the week in Vegas and half the week in California just to kind of like test the waters and get myself prepared so that if I do make the plunge, then I already kind of have like a built-in clientele there. Mm -hmm. So I was actually working at Chic with Jasmine. Yeah. I think it was like Sunday through Tuesday, something like that, and the rest of the week in LA. And that was a crazy time in my life, driving back and forth. But it was Mm -hmm. so beneficial to my career because I, like you said, they're two totally different places, two totally different clientele and preferences. So it really, I feel like just developed me as an artist to be able to offer Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, comes onto the table, you know, whatever is requested, I can do it. Yeah. So how long were you making this drive back and forth and like what made you choose a location to stay at? I stopped traveling back and forth to Vegas probably after a few months just because my clientele started to really take off in L.A. I think before I started doing the back and forth, I was lashing in L.A. probably like three months. And then I was doing the back and forth. And then next thing I knew, the demand was so high back home in California that I just had to commit, you know, to one or the other. And it was like, okay, well, the clientele is already built in there. It was time for me to go rental. I had been commissioned at that point. And so it just kind of made more sense for me to make the commitment and stay in LA just because the clientele was there, the demand was there, and it just kind of made the decision for me. Mm -hmm. And then later you ended up moving to Colorado. So walk us through that and the whole, you know, rebuilding of your clientele and everything. Like, how was that? Yeah, that was a crazy time because before I started going to Vegas, I actually was dating my now husband, but he was deployed. He's in the army. So he was deployed all that time. That was another reason why everything like worked out well for me because it kept me busy going back and forth and focusing on my career and developing myself as an artist. It just kind of gave me time to focus on myself. So he was gone that whole time. And then I started um, tending to my clientele in LA. I built a full clientele. I was working like four or five days a week, making more money than I had ever heard of in the lash industry, like living my best life. Mm -hmm. And he came home and we started dating long distance. He was stationed in Colorado. He's originally from California, right near my hometown. That's kind of how we knew each other. And I had to make a decision at one point, like, if we're going to make this relationship work, then I have to relocate. He can't, you know, come home. And it's basically up to me to make that decision if we're going to keep going forward. So I left everything behind and picked up and left. And it was, it was hard to leave the clientele. But at that time, I was so burnt out, like I was not working smarter, I was working way harder. So it was a hard decision to leave my clientele. I love them. I love working. I love a good hustle. I love working hard. I love the self-esteem that it brings me to have something that's mine, that I created, that makes me a great income. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. at that time, I was not working smarter whatsoever. I 
was working way too hard. I mean, I was ready to take a break. So I made the commitment and just made the move to Colorado. How many hours less did you start working when you moved? That was kind of a crazy move for me because I feel like I Colorado is great, but it's not for me whatsoever. Like Colorado and I do, do not seem to mesh very well. So it was weird because in Vegas, like I said, I from living there, I had so many friends and, you know, I knew the people that I was working with. So it was easy for me to build a clientele quickly there. And it was easy for me to build a clientele in California. I feel like there wasn't a lot of really good quality work happening. And so I had a Mm -hmm. super successful business. And then when I picked up and moved to Colorado, it was like crickets, like could not get anybody to be interested. And it's like we were saying before, it's like a totally different um, preference on, I I don't even want to say like lash styles, because at that time, I didn't even see an interest in lashes, period. Like I knew it was out there, but it wasn't coming to me. That was for sure. So mm-hmm. it was nice because I got that break that I needed. I, I had enough money to like be able to take some time off and kind of figure out what I wanted to do. But it was crazy to be like, I don't know. I just felt like nobody could even see me. You know, it was like such a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. So I really had to utilize like any technique that I could to try to build clientele. And that was kind of exciting for me because I love a good challenge. Like anytime now when I hear somebody say that they've moved and how can they build a new clientele, I'm like, yeah, this is so fun and so exciting because you can. Like someone mm-hmm. even who wasn't that desirable in a place where I didn't really seem to fit in, I felt like I made it happen and I had to work harder than I ever had, but it was like challenging and fun, you know? So yeah. the first thing that I did before I even, there was probably like a couple months where I knew I was moving, but I hadn't officially relocated yet so I Mm -hmm. reached out to anyone and everyone over there in Colorado in the town that I was going to live in just to see like who's who you know like I searched Instagram and just tried to figure out like who are the cool girls who are the girls that are influencing the area that are kind of in the same world that I am that see the same kind of clients that I do and how can we work together so Mm -hmm. a good example of that is I found this girl who owns a pure bar studio in town. And I figured, okay, first of all, I love to work out. I know that when I go to fitness studios like that, I see girls that are like me, you know, anywhere from like 20 to 35, 40. My target audience is there. They're into the way they look to a certain degree, right? They care about their appearance. They take care of themselves. They have some kind of money to be able to afford these memberships that aren't necessarily cheap. And they really admire this girl who owns the studio. They see her every day. So they're seeing her face, her eyes, and they just really look up to her. So I feel like a lot of times people need influencing in in the decisions that they make. You know, like when you hear somebody talking about something that they love, you're more inclined to take the plunge yourself, right? Because you trust their Mm -hmm. opinion, you trust their recommendation. So I messaged her and I said, and this was true. Like I was freaking out at this point. I said, I am new to the area and I haven't been able to lash. I just left my business behind. I don't have any clients here. I need a face and a beautiful face. And I'm hoping that you'll let me give you a set of lash extensions just so that I can take your picture and have some content for my Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so I really did need that photo. I was hurting for content, but I knew that, like I said, she would maybe help me get some business. So I went to her studio actually 
because I didn't have anything at the time. We, I don't even think we were moved into our house yet and set up shop in there, gave her a full set of lashes and she loved them. She'd never had anything like that before. She works out like five times a day, so she doesn't really wear makeup. And so she spread the word for me. And that was a really lucrative relationship that I built with her because like I said, she talked about me. I talked about her. She ended up wanting to do a trade situation where I got a membership and we kept her lashes up and it was awesome. So that's so cool. Yeah. I just highly recommend getting yourself out there and talking to people because a lot of times, you know, we think we have a presence just because we have an Instagram, but it's not always that easy for people to know we even exist. True. So you've got to get yourself in contact with them. And I had a lot of people ignore me too. I sent a lot of messages where I saw that they saw the message and they never got back to me, but the people that did really helped, you know, and it made a difference. So yeah, you kind of got to go crazy with it and it will pay off for sure. Mm -hmm. So how long were you in Colorado before you guys moved to Hawaii? Brad had been in Colorado for probably a few years before I moved there. I was there for about a year and a half before we got the news that we were going to be moving. And since he's in the military, you know, I've already had to move once at that point. I knew that a move was inevitable. That's just kind of goes with the lifestyle. So that's actually how I started with my brand and the product is because I knew I needed something else. And it wasn't my intention to do products. I never had any desire to do supply, um, didn't want to have an online store. It just kind of happened. It kind of evolved that way just because Mm -hmm. when I moved and I started to see that my clientele wasn't really there, that I wasn't, you know, I was building, I started to build those relationships and I was building clientele slowly, but it wasn't like I was used to. And I'm, I love to work. I love to kind of be on my grind in that way. So I thought to myself, like, I need something more. I can't just go on like this in a new place. I don't know anybody. It's not necessarily like, it's not a place that I'm used to being in. You know, I feel like Vegas and California aren't so different, whereas Colorado was really different for me. And so I just felt like I needed something more. I, I needed to be busier and I needed to be really immersed in our industry because it, it's just like, I felt like it was perfect for me. So I didn't want to give it up, but I knew I can't rely on a clientele. First of all, it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. like here for me and it's going to have to go away again at some point. So I thought Mm -hmm. I'll just throw myself into educating. I had been doing a little bit of it here and there, kind of more of like mentorships. And I thought, well, I can travel anywhere all over the world from anywhere in the world. Right. So no matter where we move, I can always make trips. Maybe it's like once or twice a month and go train places. And that way I can kind of get out and do my own thing. I can have new experiences. I can keep up my skill set. I can impact people's lives in our industry and I can make money. So, Mm -hmm. so I thought the best way to build my own kits would be to build them with my own products, but I didn't intend to sell them. I just felt like, why should I purchase from somebody else when I can create my own line? So I was just going to buy a small amount, create my student kits and um, just scheduling students. And that's when I started looking into the process and realized that they were, there were minimum orders. You can't just buy, you know, like 20 trays of your own personalized brand and start small that way. So I Mm -hmm. had been sampling products 
and I didn't think much of it. I thought these products are going to be okay. Like they're going to be whatever, but they'll be good enough to train with. And then people can go on and like buy whatever they prefer. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had these products like sitting off to the side. I just not really paying much attention to them for a while. And one day I decided to like dive in and, and get to know them. And I was amazed by the quality. Like I had struggled for so long to learn volume. I see so many people that do so well these days with the trainings that they take and the products that they use and they kind of hit the ground running. That was not the case for me at all. I struggled for way too long. And I attribute a lot of that to the products that I was using because once I started Mm -hmm. to use quality products, like it changed the game for me. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I just, I I tried the products. They were the best that I had used. I, I didn't think there could be that much variance between like tweezers or, you know, lash extensions in the trays. I didn't think they could vary that much to see a huge difference. And it really was a huge difference. I hadn't used anything like that. So I started thinking like, I kind of feel like I need to share these with people, you know, like they're making such an impact on my craft that this is something that I should share. Yeah. And I feel like it took off. I remember when you first started selling product, everyone and their mothers was buying from you and it did really well immediately. You had a really good base. And then I saw that your husband also has an e-commerce store, right? Or Yes. I get so excited about that. It it seriously like makes me happier than my own brand because it's just, it's so cool to like, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm seeing it from the outside. Whereas like with mine, I've been in it since day one, you know, and it consumes you and you like sometimes forget to like stop and smell the roses kind of thing. And with his brand, I'm just like, it's so cool to see the success. And it's, it's funny because it's really like the same thing that I'm doing, like the exact same thing. He's a car guy. He's like, a guy that, you know, works out of his garage after his real job and he builds cars and he's doing it on a budget. You know, he's not like a Mm -hmm. performance body shop. that's like spending tens of thousands of dollars on these builds. Like he's just a car guy. So when he started Mm -hmm. testing these products, same thing. They were just like killer products. He knew he could offer them at a cheaper price than others were. And People in his industry trust him because he's just like them. And that's kind of how I feel. It's like my brand took off faster than I could keep up. And I feel like it was because I had kind of built a name for myself as a lash artist that people can trust, you know? And so it's just so incredible to see like the faith that people have in you, you know, and and how far that can Mm -hmm. take you. Because like I knew these products were, were amazing, but that can't sell itself, you know? So when people started mm-hmm. supporting me so much and it's, it was like taking off faster than I could keep up. It was just like, it still is. It's incredible. Every single day when I see these orders come through, I cannot believe that each label is someone who intentionally went onto my website and checked out, you know, and is excited yeah. to see their package. It's just never lost on me how cool that is. No, that is so cool. And now that you're in Hawaii, has it changed at all? Like, is it harder to do shipping and stuff like that? That was the first thing I was worried about when we realized we were moving here. I was like, oh my God, I cannot. But at that time too, I, I felt I felt the success from the brand. And I felt like I was kind of like white knuckling it because it was taking off 
and I was just trying to keep up. And then I found out we were moving and I was like, Oh my God, I can't let this go. You know, like I mm-hmm. let go of my full clientele and had to start over. And I finally got to this point where I feel like I'm back. Like I pushed through the struggle and I hustled my ass off and here I am. And now I'm going to have to like, and I just felt like everything was like shaking again, you know? And I was like, hell no like I am not losing this no matter what so that was something that Mm -hmm. I thought about I was like well shoot I don't know how it's going to affect shipping so I looked into it and it really wasn't a huge difference what I've learned since I've been here is that you just have to kind of like account for anything you know like I ship priority two to three days and my mailman says you know it could be like three or four days so Mm -hmm. I mean it's not a huge difference I feel like a lot of my packages were getting there you know between two and four days to begin with. So things happen, you know, the postal system does incredible things and I think they do the best they can, but it's life, things happen, you know? So I was super happy to see that it wasn't going to be a huge difference. Yeah. And I feel like most people aren't like, they're pretty good about when, I mean, I'm pretty good about when to place orders. Like I'm not like dying to get it like on this specific day or that I, I don't know. But when I, I, I bought cleanser from you, I think I it was like a week or two ago. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, I really like it, actually. Dude, the cleanser it's really cool. I love crazy. it. crazy. Like, what's crazy about the cleanser is that I was, like, on a mission back in the day to find the right cleanser. I had been through so many, and so many freaking burn and all kinds of issues. And so I wanted, I had a, I had a checklist, literally, of, like, the things I needed my cleanser, the points I needed it to hit. And mm-hmm. I saw someone post the, um, the prolonged cleanser and I was like, okay, yeah, this seems like all, you know, checks all the boxes. So I bought it. I loved it. I bought it from Australia. And then for some, this is so crazy. I'm not kidding you right now. For some reason, shortly after that, I was scrolling deep into my emails, like looking for something random. And I saw an email from Prolong, and it was like many months before I had seen or tried their product. And they asked me to be a reseller. I was like, How cool is that? I know. I was like, is this a joke? And sure enough, like I looked into it and I even had a Skype call with the owner, the creator, because she really wanted to make sure it was like a good fit. It was just such a bizarre like turn of events. But I feel so fortunate to be supplying this product because just like everything else, I feel like I only want to sell things that really made an impact for me because I'm not trying to like Mm -hmm. just sell anything that everybody else sells because that's just kind of wasteful I feel like this stuff yeah will like change your cleansing game and your clients true yeah like using a lash cleanser is so important versus baby shampoo yes whatever else someone's using it makes a huge difference because I seriously don't lose lashes without my natural lash attached ever right and I sleep on my face I even use like oil-based cleansers and and everything like I do not follow the rules at all like I can get my lashes on whenever I want you know so I but regardless I use a lash cleanser every night and I my retention is amazing yeah even if I'm not following all the rules and so I love that cleanser too. I've just obviously started using it. I started using it at home and we made one bottle for the salon and one of our girls is like using it on clients just as that's how we introduce like any new products into our store. But yeah, I love it. And it, it's not like a lot of lash cleansers where um, it's either very like the ones that you have to like mix into a foam pump bottle are usually very gel like, uh-huh. like very gel like, and 
I feel like it's it mixes really easily and it like it literally does not burn your eyes. And I think that's really cool about it. Yeah, I love it. It smells amazing. You know what I should say, though, is because I get emails every day about this. So I should probably just put this out there that I just mix this to my preference. Like, I don't I'm very simple about everything. I think nothing's really a big deal. So when I first got it, you know, before the email, before selling it or anything, I just poured it into a foam pump just a little bit. I added some water. I shook it up. I tried it and it just like wasn't thick enough. So I just put some water and tried it until I felt like it was good. And so now I tell people what I prefer to do is like two parts cleanser to six parts distilled water. And then the rest is based so that it doesn't overflow. That's like bare minimum, but it provides a really good foam. You can absolutely do less or more. It's just totally your preference. Cause I think prolong, they suggest a certain ratio and it, I, I'm pretty sure it didn't make sense to me. I think I remember telling Carrie, the owner on the Skype call that I just felt like it was an unnecessary amount. Like it just was so great with so much less. So mm-hmm. definitely don't be afraid to play with this. Cause I think we all have different preferences. So I always hate to tell people yeah. exactly what to do, you know? But I think when you are cleansing your client's lashes, it's nicer to have it not so thick because then it's harder to rinse out. Yeah, true. They're not washing their face. You're washing, you're rinsing them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what other products in your line do you feel sell out really fast or you almost can't keep in stock? Definitely the tweezers. Tweezers are like mm-hmm. going to be the life and death of me. They're the first product that I ever launched and that first time was incredible. They sold out within a couple hours. And now this last order took like five or six weeks in production. It was the largest order I've ever placed, like probably triple as large as I've ever done. And it took forever. I asked them, you know, when they were going to be done. They said, you know, you want these to be perfect and perfection takes time, which was true because I've been on their app like since day one, tweaking every single little thing. And I feel like mm-hmm. they're finally exactly what, people prefer because my preference is a little different than everyone else's too. So I've really taken that into consideration and kind of worked with my distributor to make them a certain way. So mm-hmm. that was crazy because they sold out within like a day or two. And this was four different, you know, finishes or styles. Wait, wait, hold on. You placed a huge order and then like that, that order sold out. They were, I placed so many because I sell out right away every time. I placed so many that I could have them for like a month or two, I thought. I was like, okay, this will be perfect. There's so many that I'll be able to like, just, you know, no one's going to be blowing me up that they were at work and they missed it. And I was just like, this will be good. Like I'll have them on deck for a while and be fine. And I, I launched them and I went to bed and I woke up in the morning, just like ate my breakfast and checked my orders. And I was like, there's no way, like there's, there's something wrong. Like there's a glitch in the system. There's no way people started messaging me. These ones are sold out. These ones are sold out. I'm like, there's no way. And sure enough, like I just stopped sending out the orders from last week. Wow. Because I literally hand test every single one. And I'm so paranoid because they're not all perfect. Like a a large fraction Mm -hmm. of my orders don't come out good enough. So when I'm hand testing them, I'm like, I'm not just like, creating a quick fan to like throw in the cap and prove to you that I've tested it. Like I'm paranoid, you know, cause like my worst yeah, fear yeah. is putting something out there with my name on it. And someone saying like, Hey, I got it. And it was crap. So mm-hmm. I'll make like 
one or two fans. I'll test it from every single area within the boot. Sometimes I put it in the cap and I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure, you know, and I'll go back to it. Like, so it takes me forever. So Mm -hmm. that's amazing that I have that much love and support for them, but it it is hard. You know, I'm like a one woman show right now. So my next hire needs to be someone who can make fans and test tweezers to help. (laughs) Yeah. So I assume that the brand is taking up a ton of your time. So does this mean that you are not lashing anymore or what does that mean for you as an artist right now? Yeah, that's been a huge struggle more than anything, just because of the move. I feel like I stopped taking clients in Colorado in like May, the beginning of May, I had a studio there that I left behind and I just wanted to be able to prepare for the move and the business was taking off to where I was like not having time to fulfill orders and take clients. And then the move happened, of course, and that was like crazy in itself. And now there's no way that I could do anything else during the day, but fulfill these orders. It's just way too much for one person. But since we just arrived, I haven't been able to hire anybody. I'm really trying to move it out of the house because I already don't have enough space for all the racks and inventory and everything. So that's going to be my next step is to get a space bring on staff, get help so that I can have my life back. And also that I can have my craft back because it's horrible to not be able to create when you're creative. Yeah. I, I miss lashing. I don't think I'll ever have a clientele again, just because Mm -hmm. I really want to be like super involved in the business. I think it's so important that, that I see to everything and that people Mm -hmm. hear from me. I, as much as it's kind of like, Every month is better than the last, but I really don't want it to get like so crazy that I'm not a major part of it, you know, because it's yeah. me, it's my brand. Like every single thing about it is me and what I believe in and what I want for the people in our industry. So I want to be involved and I want to be able to create. So I think I'll probably take models, you know, probably like a couple of times <laughs> a month just to keep up my skill set. Again, I have to be somebody that people can trust you know and how can you trust my word if I'm not someone who does what we do you know Mm -hmm. um and I enjoy it I freaking love to lash I love to do brows so I can't see myself ever fully giving it up things are going to be getting crazy in 2019 because we actually just found out that I'm pregnant (laughs) (gasps) congrats thank you what (laughs) yeah it's so crazy Wait, have you announced this? No, I haven't. (laughs) So by the time this airs, I'm sure you will have announced it. But I feel so, like, honored right now that you're, like, sharing this on here. That's so cool. I know. Wow. And so what's crazy is just this morning we had our first appointment and we heard the heartbeat. So that was super (laughs) exciting. Yeah. So that'll be in April. April mm-hmm. next year, end of April, and I am going to have to figure out how to juggle everything. But yeah, like I said, I like a little bit of crazy and I like a challenge. So it'll be an exciting sure. time. Yeah. So with your trainings and stuff, um, we haven't talked too much about that, but you were doing a little bit of traveling and everything. Has that, you know, kind of taken, not the back burner, but I know that you've been focusing a lot on the brand and everything, but talk to me a little bit about when you do teach, what kind of things do you focus on? What things can your 
students take away? And do you plan on offering more trainings before the baby comes? Yeah, if I can swing it for sure. I think I need to get the brand set up to where it's like more self-sufficient, you know, and I can step back Mm -hmm. a little bit to be able to offer courses. And I think that's going to be another way for me to stay involved in our, you know, and to keep my skill set up and to connect with other people who are trying to advance their skill set. So I do look forward to that. I really do want to hold trainings here in Hawaii. I think it'd be cool for um, people to get their training and a vacation out of it. You know, I have a car that people can use while they're here. So I think that'd be really fun to have people traveling here. If I can travel to the mainland, that'd be awesome too, because then I can, you know, go home and see family and stuff while I'm there. I usually take trainings mm-hmm. while I'm in California because it's just, you know, people have their lives. So it's not always fun to just be sitting around waiting for your friends and family to get off work. So I try to keep mm-hmm. busy in that way. But I think the biggest thing is that, you know, I teach the skill set, the technique, everything you need to know about lashing. But I think what really took set me apart from other people in my environment, you know, wherever it was that I was working, the area that I was working in was the fact that I treat this like an artistry rather than Mm -hmm. just a business or a service that I perform because I, I think that goes a long way with clients. I -hmm. think that, you know, it's like any other appointment that you go to, like if you're going to the doctor and you have all these questions that you want to ask and you feel like they're just trying to get you in and out, you know, and, and you feel like you weren't really heard. That's the worst thing in the world to me because Mm -hmm. you do deserve to be heard and you deserve to, know that where you're putting your money and your time is being cared for and taken seriously. So I sort of think about that and how that can relate to what we do, because it's important to put yourself in the other person's perspective. You know, like we get so wrapped up in what we do that we forget like how it feels to to be the client. Mm -hmm. And so I really wanted, and plus I take this super seriously, you know, like with, being so obsessed with lashes and brows and makeup and all that, I appreciate that it's an art. It's not just something that, like, is my hobby. Like, I'm obsessed. I've studied it. I've studied your face. I've studied everything about it, you know? So I want them mm-hmm. to know that about me, but I also want them to feel like they're a new face that I'm caring for rather than just the third or the fourth one of the day or whatever. So right. I teach my students to implement that by you know, asking their clients for pictures beforehand so that you can really study their face and think about what's best for them. And I give them the tools to know what's best for them and to apply Mm -hmm. it during the service. So when they come in, you've already gotten to know them through their photo. And that's something that I wasn't able to do when I was really busy. I felt like, oh my God, I have a new full set about to walk in the door and I have no idea what she looks like. And that's important to us, right? Because so many different ethnicities or whatever have different eyelashes and you have to treat them totally differently. You cannot apply the same technique or the same set to two totally different types of eyelashes. So that freaked Mm -hmm. me out. That always stressed me out that I had no time to prepare. I have to, from the time she walks into the door to the 10 feet, it takes her to walk to my bed, figure out what we're going to do because I've got to get her on the bed and get her out in two hours or three hours and start the next person. And Mm -hmm. they weren't feeling cared for. I wasn't feeling like I was, you know, being artistic or creative in any way. And they didn't get to see how passionate I was or how much effort I put into the knowledge of, you know, different styles or whatever. So 
this way they come in and they feel that you really care for them as a person. And I listen to them. I make sure they feel fully heard. And then I discuss with them based on my education and my expertise, I guess, what I think is best Mm -hmm. for them. And we come to a middle ground. And usually they trust me. You know, they're here because I'm a professional at this. So they trust me and they take my advice. But they lay down feeling like, okay, this girl's got this. Like, I don't need to worry about anything because I can tell she owns this and she knows what she's doing. And I think that's so important. And then to analyze it afterwards, show them, you know, what you think you should do differently next time, if anything, keep notes of everything. And I just, I think it makes a huge difference. It's going to help with your client retention as well as the results. And they're going to love you for it. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I, I remember when you shared this on social media I think you were more so talking to your clients like, hey, I'm going to focus more on the artistry instead of trying to churn clients in and out. So appointments will be longer. I don't know if you increased your prices or anything. Yeah. But I do remember you posting this. So how did it change? Like what, what were your fears, I guess, in doing that? And then what actual results did you see from that? I know you just said like your retention is going to be better yeah. with clients and everything. But um, how how was it transitioning from, you know, probably hour fills or however long to what you started doing? Yeah, I had no fear. Like I, I knew I could not go on the way that I had before. Like mm-hmm. my passion was making me miserable the way that I was working. Mm-hmm. I was making a shit ton of money. Right. But like miserable mm-hmm. on the inside because I wasn't performing. I was just like a robot and I was drained. So I wasn't fully present for my clients. The results were totally subpar because I didn't have the time or the energy to like really care. I didn't know, like I said, I didn't know beforehand what I was getting myself into because I've never seen the client before. So it was not something I was willing to do again. So when I decided Mm -hmm. to completely like renovate the business and create an artistry, it was like the only option, you know, because I needed to love my craft again. And I did not care if it was going to be like one or two clients a day. Because first of all, I'm going to make more money, right? My prices are higher. My appointments are longer. Mm -hmm. So I just knew I'd be working less. I'd be making, you know, a good amount per hour, even if I wasn't busy. And my clients would be so happy. And so would I. And in return, what I saw was that my business exploded once again, because I was giving like really quality results, you know, and people saw that. And Mm -hmm. like, like I was saying about the girl that owned the studio, like when people are thrilled with your work, they're going to share it. And it just took off. Like I wasn't worried about it and it paid off. Yeah. Do you have any inspirations behind that whole philosophy? Like, was it after any sort of like talk or class that you took or why did you end up deciding to make that shift in the first place? I decided to make the shift just because of the way that I was feeling doing it the other way. Because that had been my goal when I first started in the industry. I was like, I'm going to be so busy. Like, just you watch, you know, I'm going to have like the biggest clientele and I'm going to be super busy. And that I realized was not the goal. You know, like that's not Mm -hmm. ideal at all. You want to, you just want to feel like whatever it is that you're doing, you're doing to the best of your ability. And so Mm -hmm. that's when I was just like, something's got to give, you know, and I just started to pay attention to the artistry that's out there and the advice that's given, the classes that are given and 
and just started to transform my mind, which transformed my business. So a lot of times when I ask this question, people think that I'm assuming that they think they've ever been a failure. And I don't really think many of us have ever thought that. Um, I'm just saying, is there a time where there was a perceived failure? Like you thought that it was going to be a really bad situation and it ended up being better than you thought. Um, Do you have any examples of that? I want to say about not being successful in Colorado. I feel like, because it really did end up being a blessing, but yeah, because that's really what I think is like, I was so down and out at that time thinking like, dude, this place does not like me, you know, but what it really Mm -hmm. did for me was it gave me time to create what I have now. Like, if I had never had that downtime, if I had just hit the ground running the second that I got to Colorado, I would have never thought to like throw myself into educating, which threw me into supply, which threw me into having this business that I have now. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's so important to like, just constantly be grateful, even when you don't feel like being grateful, you know, because so many things are just, I, I truly believe that the universe has your back. And I, I put things out there 24 seven, like I'm constantly thinking of what I want, asking for it, and then, you know, repeating my gratitude for everything that I currently have. And so if you feel like you're in a space that's like working against you, you have no idea about the bigger picture. And you have to trust that like, I've always felt like I've been protected and watched out for in that way. To where like, when I was first in Colorado and things were not working out, I was just like, oh my God, this is so not me. Like things don't just not work out for me in this, in this way, because I just set my intention and I grind it out and I make shit happen, you know? And so I was like, this is just like, not cool. I'm, I was so depressed. And really what was happening is I had the downtime to focus on the bigger picture, which I didn't even realize at the time was a bigger picture. So I think you have to trust that the process is working and the universe is conspiring, you know, to build something better for you. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any inspirations in this industry or outside of the industry? Something that like, I feel like changed the course of my life was my mom actually telling me that she felt like when she was younger, she just kind of let life happen to her rather than making life happen. Mm-hmm. And that struck me. I was like, oh, hell no. You know, like that very yeah. easily could be me. I feel that in my soul that I can so easily go that way. And I cannot let that happen. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I cannot just sit by and let things come to me and just, you know, go with whatever happens. And that's what I had been doing for so long. And I just wasn't okay with that anymore. I felt like I needed more. And so that's when I just kind of started taking all these wild directions and and I'm so happy that I did because now I have a story to tell, you know, I just think you should just always take chances and do crazy things. Mm -hmm, For sure. So one of my favorite things is to hear what someone's motto is or like words that they live by. Would you say that it's the part that you just shared about your mom or do you have like a quote or anything that you enjoy? I like just do it. <laughs> I always think of that. I don't mean to relate it to Nike, but it's seriously mm-hmm. true. Like just get shit done. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, at least in my self-conscious mind, it feels to me like people probably think I just like pull things out of my hat and just like go a hundred miles per hour. 
right off the bat. And I do, cause like, to me, there's no time to be wasted, you know, like any day could be your last. And I, if I have an idea, like I'm going to push a hundred percent to make sure that I can make it happen as quickly as possible. And some people might not think that's the right way. Cause you can make mistakes, but I don't care. Like if I make a mistake, so what, like keep on trucking because if I don't, I never will. So that's kind of how my mind works. And then also kind of going along with that is like faking it till you make it has always worked for me. You know, I, I can remember like when I had no idea really what I was doing with lashing, I made people think I did. And it really paid off. Like I can remember walking around the hair salon that I worked at and just talking a big game about my skill set, you know, and it, and I got people through the door. And when they got through the door, that's when I started telling them about all the research that I've been doing and this class that I'm taking and what I learned and blah, blah, blah. And I had people telling me that they, I had a client that was like a year later, she told me, you know, I knew you weren't doing the best work in the beginning, but I stayed with you because I knew you would. Right. And I was like, I was like, hell yeah. I knew that because, (laughs) because I wanted them to, first of all, you got to get them in the door somehow. Right. So I, I snaked them in that way by like getting them to believe in me. But when I really had time to like connect with them on a like emotional, personal level, I let them know how important this was to me and that I wasn't going to just like half-ass this service and just be like, Oh, I do lashes now. Like here, come get your lash appointment. No, like, trust me, I'm going to not stop until I can say that I'm the best I can be. And it, it paid off, you know, fake it till you make it sound like such a negative thing, but it paid off for both of us. You know, my clients invested in me and it was worth it in the end for them. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of how I handle everything. It's just like, you know what? I have no idea if it's going to work out, but like, screw it. Let's see what happens, you know? And so I just sell myself and I really think there's so much power in putting things out there and then having to hold yourself accountable because you did. Yeah. You know what? I I do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did that my whole lash career, like <laughs> opening the salons, everything. Yes. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> you, cause you, you almost have to like, trick yourself too you know like yeah because there's gonna be a doubt like no I don't care how confident people think I could sound there's always a crazy amount of doubts and fears in my mind just like anyone else so like if you keep at it with this like narrative that things are going to be amazing and like just you wait then you have you kind of have to you know mm-hmm. yeah I remember I don't know what it was. It was it was a song, but it was more like this guy was just talking and he said, like, don't keep secrets. Tell everyone, you know, of your, of your dreams, because yeah. it's going to make them keep asking you about it or like it's going to hold you accountable. Yeah. And even just like putting it out into the universe and just it it does work. It's insane. Yeah. But like I that is how I got to where I've been is because I just tell everyone what I'm planning on doing. Yeah. Because the next time I see them, they're like, so how's that going? And, I'm, and I don't want to be like, uh, well, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. Exactly. It's like, okay, no, I'm doing this, this, and this, you know? So, yeah. And even if it doesn't work out, like, how, you know, I always think about, like, okay, the only people that would have, like, anything negative to say are the people that never take the chance. So, like, here I am yeah. busting my ass working towards the dream, and, like, maybe it failed. But guess what? You've never done it. So mm-hmm. why should I really give a crap what you have to think about me trying and failing or trying and succeeding? You know, like at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like they're going to tell your story at your funeral, not your competitors and, you know, all the things you didn't do. So like, just 
get your story out there. Like you have to write your own story, you know? Yeah. I, I wanted to ask about your Instagram. You have a very different vibe to your page than a lot of other lash artists or brands. And I feel like you almost make your page look more like a magazine kind of, or like your advertising, if you will, or your marketing, you do a lot of like high fashion stuff. And I know you've been on, like you used to model. So can you talk to us a little bit about all of that? Yeah. Well, you just freaking made my day by saying all that about my Instagram because you know how much of a an effort that whole thing is. So thank yeah. you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I had a, an agency. I was signed with LA Model before I ever got into like the bartending scene and all that. And that's actually where feelings came from when I heard my mom say that to me because I kind of let that go. Like I, I think I was signed when I was like 18 or 19 and just got my license, like was driving myself to LA every day for all my castings, my jobs, my bookings, my fittings. And I wanted to do it forever. I wanted to do it all my life. And I finally had this contract and I kind of just let it go. Like I, I just went the easy route and just like stayed in my hometown, like drinking beers in the garage with friends, like playing beer pong and like totally let that slip away. And it was all my doing. And that really bothered me that I didn't and I was young you know I think it had so much to do with my age and the fact that I just like was kind of settling and comfortable in in the normal life that I had back home rather than making it out to LA every day but it bothered me that I didn't take advantage and just like run with that so yeah I I've always been super into that but I feel like I really wanted my brand to represent me and everything that I love do I look perfect every day is my house amazing no but that's what I love. Like that's the aesthetic that I love is high fashion. I love black and white. I love minimalism, but really I wanted it to translate to how I feel about my products and kind of my philosophy in general is um, like my tagline. It's simplified luxury because I truly feel like the prettiest way that a girl can look is by having great skin, beautiful brows and pretty lashes. And when I worked at the agency and, you know, they send you out to casting, they tell you wear a tank top, like black or white, skinny jeans and heels, no makeup whatsoever. And that was hard for me at the time because remember, I was like stacking on the strip lashes. So, Mm -hmm. but I I always go back to that because this is for modeling, right? Like, I'm not trying to say like, I'm, I'm so pretty or anything, but like, they're looking for people that are good looking, right? And so Mm -hmm. they want you to look so simple, like nothing at all. You would never even have lash extensions. You would just be like so clean looking because you're a blank slate. And Mm -hmm. I think it's so true. I I think we can look really beautiful with our makeup done and our hair done, but never do I think someone's prettier than when I see them in their natural form. So Mm -hmm. that's, you know, another reason why I fell in love with lashes and brows, because I truly believe that that's all you need. So I wanted that to translate into my products in the way that like, they're so simple they just work really well for you. They uh, Mm -hmm. support you in the luxury efforts that you provide, which is the same way I feel about clients with lash extensions. Like they come to this luxury appointment, right? It's not cheap. It's not quick. It's full blown like spa luxury, but in return, it provides them with like ultimate simplicity because they don't have to do anything every day. Now they invested and now they're just like gorgeous with no effort every day. And I love that. Mm-hmm. So 
I just feel like I wanted it to be a full experience from my Instagram to my website to the results that they achieve to how they feel in their craft by using these products that are just like so simply effortless. You know, when you fan these lashes, they just like sprawl right out. And I struggled so long with lashes that were like sticking and making it harder and they were too brittle. And so, yeah, I just, Mm -hmm. I wanted that feel like just easy, beautiful, simple beauty. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in for episode 25 with Jess Brandler. If you'd like to keep up with her on Instagram, her handle is just jbrandbeauty. And if you'd like to shop her product line, it's just jbrandbeauty.com. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes below. If you'd like to get a monthly newsletter from me with access to webinars and also tips and tricks on lashing and also running a lash business, make sure to sign up for my mailing list, which will be linked in the show notes and also on my Instagram bio. The first newsletter is going out on January 1st, so make sure you're signed up by then, and I'll be back very soon with episode 26. 